Good morning, everybody. It is uh, Wednesday morning, and we just want to bring out some of the news items that you may have missed that we feel are important to those that fall on any one of the following lines. Conservative, evangelical Christian, conservative Catholic, conservative Protestant, any other individual that is patriotic, by that I mean uh, understands and is behind the Constitution of the United States of America and the Declaration of Independence, anyone who values their freedom in all ways more than being uh, just held down by the strong arm of government, uh, this video cast will be for you. We we uh, readily admit we take a slanted version of the news. We might report exactly what's going on, but we're going to comment on it or opine on it from a conservative, evangelical Christian point of view. And so that brings me to my first uh, item. So here is an article, uh, an opinion by Everett Piper. Uh, that was um, published, I believe, uh, on Sunday, October 30th in the, um, in the Washington Times. It's entitled, There is No Such Thing as a Christian Democrat. And uh, I'm not going to read the whole article, but I do want to read part of it. I think that... Um, a man that uh, Mr. Piper quotes in his opinion by the name of Matt Walsh uh, is right on with his comments, as you will see, and uh, as well as Everett Piper uh, being right on as well. So let me start in the middle of this article again. This is No Such Thing as a Christian Democrat by Everett Piper. This past week, Matt Walsh posted the following comments on Twitter. The Democrats have settled on their closing argument. Vote for us so that we can castrate children, use your money to pay for abortions, and put pornography in the schools. If you don't vote for us, then you are a Nazi and democracy will die. Fascinating political strategy. In these few words, Mr. Walsh highlighted a sad and sobering fact. The Democratic Party is now so extreme that no serious follower of Christ can align with it. There is no longer any such thing as a Christian Democrat. No matter what your political stripes, if you have an ounce of honesty left in your soul, you have to admit that today's Democratic Party is no longer a party that any thoughtful Christian, whether they be Catholic, Orthodox, Anglican, Evangelical, or mainline Protestant, can support. Consider these facts. Today's Democrats have elevated abortion on demand above all else. First trimester, second trimester, third trimester, or even five seconds before birth, it doesn't matter. The party has made it very clear. A mother's right to kill her child and Planned Parenthood's right to sell that infant's heart, liver, kidneys, and lungs for profit is the highest test of political loyalty. Forget child care. 
child sacrifice is now the highest good of those who goosed up with President Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris in their march to fundamentally transform our country and our culture. And lest you think that infanticide is the only thing today's Democrats care about, the party of all things antithetical to biblical faith has made it explicitly clear that they are far from being proponents of just one issue. Today's followers of House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, and California Governor Gavin Newsom are much more multifaceted than that. No one can accuse them of playing a one-string banjo. Not only do they believe in the moral superiority of dismembering babies, but they also champion the righteousness of castrating your boys and sexually mutilating your girls. The hypocritic oath. What's that? Today's Democrats are much more interested in empowering witch doctors to cut off your son's penis or remove your daughter's breasts than they are in protecting your children from such blatant butchery. One has to wonder if Goebbels smiles from hell at the experiments that not even he dared to try. Physical mutilation isn't the end of it. What about the evisceration of young minds and souls. Today's Democrats tell us that pictures of men having oral sex with minor age boys and graphic depictions of a father raping his daughter are examples of some of the best literature available on diversity, equity, and inclusion. Hyperbolic, you say? Well, check your school library for Maya Coabee's genderqueer, and Toni Morrison's The Bluest Eye. If you want to learn more about what today's Democrats define as social and emotional learning for your 12 and 13-year-old sons and daughters. I used to concede that there were many Christian Democrats, but I no longer believe this to be true. Remember, I'm reading from an opinion by Everett Piper, no such thing as a Christian Democrat. Why? Well, it was Jesus himself who said, if anyone causes one of these little ones to stumble, it would be better for them to have a large millstone hung around their neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. Castrating our sons, mutilating our daughters, killing our babies, normalizing pornography in our schools. If these things don't fall under Christ's definition of, quote, causing little ones to stumble, I don't know what does. Call me crazy, but defining yourself as a follower of Christ while he's tying a millstone around your neck seems just about as nuts as pretending you care about children while you cut off their functioning organs and corrupt their innocence with porn. Christian? I don't think so. Quote, outside are the dogs, the sexually immoral, the murderers, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this testimony for the churches, end quote. And that comes from Revelation twenty-two, fifteen. That is an incredible opinion that is absolutely right on. Once again, written by Everett Piper uh, for the Washington Times. Mr. Piper, thank you so much for putting in writing what many of us might have had difficulty in 
stating so succinctly, so powerfully, and so truthfully as you did in this opinion, in this article of your opinion. That's our message for you today. If you claim to be a Christian, a true Christian is someone that has given their lives to the Son of God, the only Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. They have repented of their sins, and they have turned to him and asked him to be their Lord and Savior, their King, and the one that will cover their sins by his death on the cross. If you're one of those people who proclaim and live out a life to put Jesus first, to follow his commandments, to be obedient to him, and to glorify him in all that you say and do. We're not going to do that perfectly, but if you're one of those people, you cannot any longer be a Democrat. You can't vote for a single Democrat individual. Man or woman makes no difference. You just heard their marching orders from their leaders. Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, Gavin Newsom, and there's others, but they're probably the leaders. They're the most evil ones. We have to make a stand against that evil taking place any longer in the United States of America. And how do we do that? We do that at the voting booth, which is about a week away. That's how we do it. And so, Christian, if you think you're going to sit at home because there is no perfect candidate, you know something? Some of you think that the only one, some of you act that in, like this. I don't see Jesus on the ballot, and so there is not anyone worthy of my vote. Are you kidding me? When you go to the voting booth, someone said, you're not sending them a valentine. You are making a chess move, a decision as to how you want your world to be. Because like it or not, God has put governments in charge of nations, and we have one. It's presently evil, but we have one. They're the ones that make and enforce the laws that we have to live under. You want to live in a state that not only murders babies up to and beyond their actual birth, that would be California, and New York's a close second. You want to live in a state that actually takes your tax dollars and pays women from other states to come into a state that's more liberal with abortion policies so that they can have an abortion? You cannot, you cannot live in the world and love the world and love your Lord. You can't do it. You must make a decision. There's only one decision if you're a follower of Jesus. You get to the voting booth and you vote for those men and women that are pro-life, that will stand for the sanctity of life from the moment of conception until the moment of natural death. That's the most important thing on the ballot this time around in 2022. No, it's not a proposition, but you will make it just like one if you vote for the people that are pro-life. It will turn out to be a move on your part that could elevate someone that's now not in first place in the polling, and you can make them win 
by going to the voting booth. I'm going to tell you right now that my opinion is if you sit this out because you think your only goal in life is to proclaim the gospel, and there is no question that that is the most important thing to do. It's the most important thing for the church, and it's the most important thing for the followers of Christ. That's the Great Commission. And I'm not downplaying that whatsoever. But our world doesn't stop there. We have been given the freedom by God to vote for the people that we want to make the laws that we live under and to sit at home when we have an opportunity to place, in some instances, born-again Christians into office, but you refuse to do so because they're not perfect? Your whole view on the election process is skewed. It's messed up. I really don't care what your pastor says. That we're, you know, if he's one of those pastors that says, oh, we're not concerned with politics. We're not concerned with the state. We're only concerned with the kingdom of God. Really? Well, I got news for you. Not only is that patently incorrect, but if they look back at the history of the United States, there were preachers that when they finished the benediction at the end of the service, they took off their clergy robes and underneath was the uniform of the American soldier. And they left the church house saying, who wants to follow me? Because this fight is worth fighting for. It's worth fighting for the religious freedoms that we have. We are now fighting for so much more than religious freedom. That's one of them we're fighting for, but so much more than that. In 1776 and earlier, while that revolutionary war was going on, they didn't have to fight for the sanctity of life because every born-again Christian at that time said, yes, Life is a gift of God. It's made in the image of God. And therefore, there is a sanctity of life. It's holy. Because even though God uses a man and a woman to create that baby, he is the one. He is the one behind that conception. And therefore, that baby, even in the womb, the first day on through until the last day that a man or a woman takes a breath naturally, must be kept holy. And you have an opportunity to change the way this nation is going if you will go to the voting booth and pull down the levers for pro-life men and women. Please do not sit at home. That is so wrong. The only way I would say if you want to sit at home is if you were going to vote for a pro-abortion candidate, then yes, please, sit at home. How can you elect people, believe in the right of a woman to rip her baby apart or to burn her baby or to stab her baby in the back of the neck? How can you agree with sucking the brains out of a living human being simply because the baby has not yet been born yet? How can you come to that conclusion as a born-again follower of Jesus Christ? They are mutually exclusive. And if you've done that in the past and you now see the light, please, I pray you repent of that sin. Jesus is there to forgive you. 
you will be forgiven, the slate wiped clean, and you can walk again in the light of Christ, once again having complete, wonderful communion with him through your repentance and asking his forgiveness, which he freely gives to all those that believe in his name. God bless you all, and thank you for listening.